everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy belated Merry Christmas because we're releasing this after Christmas. And for those who don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Um, hope you all enjoyed your time with your family and friends and people that you love because that's pretty much the meaning of the holidays. I am, We are back and we are, Kayla is joined with me again for Christmas Movies Review. And this week we are reviewing two movies called Christmas for Keeps. Okay, the cast for Christmas for Keeps is Ashley Newborough, Krista B. Allen, Marielle Scott, Ryan Rotman, and Cardi Wong. Um, Krista B. Allen is the one who's from 13 going on 30. <laughs> and Revenge. Um, Cardi Wong and Ashley Newborough are um hallmark stars as well i don't know if ryan has done other hallmark movies but um yeah and these this movie was written by nikki deloche and megan mcnulty we interviewed them their podcast episode just happened was released two episodes ago so you can scroll back and see that the other movie that we are reviewing is jonathan b is um christmas house 2 death the halls starring robert buckley jonathan d bennett treat williams sharon lawrence brad harder anna iora it's they're both like ensemble cast movies so i'm excited i kind of prefer the i kind of prefer the ensemble cast movies anyway don't you or no yeah, I do, but because like it gives everyone a chance to to shine, I guess. Yeah. Instead of it being everyone supporting one character, they're all shining yeah. together. Yeah. Even though I do have to say, the ensemble was done better in Christmas House Two than Christmas House Christmas for Keeps, because I, I feel like the um. Christmas for Keeps was so busy with different storylines. There wasn't really enough time to flesh out the characters or each individual story kind of thing. Whereas Christmas House, and there wasn't really like a center thing that kind of connected all five main characters together. Whereas with Christmas House 2, there was a central storyline that connected everybody, which was the um, competition, if that makes sense. You get what I'm uh-huh. saying? No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. With Christmas House 2, I guess you could say that like the teacher dying was their center storyline, but since the teacher dying wasn't really made into a storyline, it really wasn't, if <laughs> that makes sense. But... Anyway, let's start with um, Christmas for Keeps. Christmas for Keeps is about five friends from high school who come back to their hometown. They're 30 years old in different stages of their life. Um, Their teacher, their drama teacher recently passed away. So they come back to kind of pay homage to him and stuff like that. But they're like each... Each character is dealing with 
their own crossroads in life kind of thing. And like you have one person whose parents died, sadly, whatever, that's been who like pretty much spent the whole movie gloomy and gloom and doom and kind of bitter. like bitter yeah Depressed. and yeah. I have a big issue with him we're gonna talk about that a lot more with that with that storyline then you have the married couple um who, who have children two children who don't look like they are old enough to have kids <laughs> noah and sarah played by cardi and ashley um ashley is a resident um, doctor not resident like you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she's she's in her residency <laughs> at a hospital <laughs> but anyway um she she's and her husband noah is a stay-at-home dad who kind of like, I guess, decided to take on that role while her his wife uh, deals with, you know, goes through medical school and stuff like that. But now he is, you know, trying to, he, he cook, he bakes cookies that everybody likes. So he wants to start a business doing that. Uh, but Mia is sort of like the, Poor girl is like the fifth wheel. Everybody else is coupled up or coupled. <laughs> yeah. But she's an actress and she's like, you know, getting rejected for different roles or whatever. So she comes home and helps out with the um, Christmas play that her teacher used to do. But now she um, is offered the job of the you know, taking over as drama teacher that her, the teacher had left behind, you know, that kind of thing. And then, because Avery is this girl who lives in Michigan, who has a really controlling mother, and we are going <laughs> to talk about her mother issues. <laughs> yeah, that woman has issues, that's for sure. It's so hilarious. I have to... There was a Twitter exchange that I saw between um, Nikki and one of the Hallmark fans, who's also one of my friends. I sh- you know, the girl, um, one of my friends, my friend was like, uh, oh my gosh, she, like, my mother would never do that. Like, what the hell is wrong with this woman? Why is she, like, controlling or whatever? And Nikki goes... You must not have control like parents. You're so lucky. And I I wanted to tweet so badly. We're Asian. Because me and a girl are both Asian. She's Vietnamese and I'm Filipino. Asian parents literally is the definition of strict. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a pretty strict household too, but my dad would never pull this crap. He always has let me decide. Um even with my disability, he's always let me decide my own future, my own path. Yeah. Like, he's always going, no, I don't think this is a good idea because yeah. of certain this, things. That but he never would trick. do that. <laughs> we cannot, we should not excuse that as strict. No. Because that is not strict. That is, like, controlling and abusive, pretty much. You don't apply for your child 
to a, a dog like that. No, not especially. Not her, no. No. Uh, Every not- job I've ever had, I've applied for myself. I can promise you. <laughs> oh my God. It was just like, that was just the most insane thing. I remember when we, when I was going through the live tweets about it, a whole lot of people were like, I don't know if I like her mother or not. And that was in the beginning of the movie. Then that scene popped up and everybody was like, I hate her. And I'm like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like, Oh my God! You no. Here's the thing: you can, you can't be protective of your children, but you don't. But at some point, especially since she's thirty, you gotta have to let her go. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about like a eight year old child or something like that. No, and even if it was like, even if you were a teenager, but in fact, if even if you have a teenager, you need to let them make their own choices and. Yeah. A- yeah i mean even if they are applying for their first job yeah push them in that direction but let them make the because they need to learn how to do it anyway so no you don't apply for a job for your child okay (laughs) especially your grown one um i'm glad though that like by the end of the movie like the mom saw the wrongs of her ways i guess and she was like you know my mom is like this you know, I've always learned controlling is love, but I'm sitting there going, that should not be an excuse. No that is mind. not love. I hate to tell you this, but someone who's trying to control you, they don't love you. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, how was your relationship with your mother? Let's talk about that. If you, if you're, <laughs> I imagine that her relationship with her mother was, isn't that good anymore. Because most people whose parents were controlling, they actually... Their relate when they grow up, their relationship sucks. So I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you that is just horrible. But anyway, yeah, that was just a horrible plot line. And then the other plot line that I have a huge issue with is uh, what's his name? Noah and Ben. I don't understand why they were even I don't understand their conflict why was Ben mad at Noah why is Noah apologizing to him I okay first of all okay I don't want to bring up race I really don't but why are we making the only person of color in the whole I mean why no, Marielle is black. Okay, why are we making him apologize and be like submissive to the? I, I get where you're coming from. A, uh, cis white male in the character, like I am so sorry that I was. That I'm just saying he shouldn't have to apologize for chasing his dreams and actually marrying the girl he loves. Okay. That, yeah, no. he, he, he said during his apology, I have, you know, my baby, I was, I was dealing with like a newborn baby, you know? Yeah, he's like, oh, I had like, children. That's, you know, that's part of a lot of people's dreams is to have a baby, okay? You know, like you shouldn't apologize for that. Ben was making him apologize, I guess, for not being there for him when his parents died and I'm sitting there going like 
he had a life going on. I'm sorry. He had he has a newborn baby. He had kids. You know what I mean? I'm sorry that you feel like he wasn't there for you, but maybe why weren't you there for your friend? <laughs> you had a newborn. <laughs> you know what I mean? And a, a wife in medical school or in her residency yeah. or whatever. Who, yeah, no. It's like, why are you it's, it Ben felt like uh, male privilege, white male privilege personified. Here's the thing. <laughs> it goes both ways. So they say yeah. that about a telephone call. It goes both ways. Yeah. The same thing goes with any messages or any friendship. It goes two ways. Yeah. So, it, I, to be honest with you, I honestly felt like Ben was the personification of white male privilege, where it's like, what was me? My problem, everybody has to deal with my problem. I'm not going to forgive, you know, I don't care about your problem kind of thing. Yeah, so what if you had newborn, what was me, my parent died. You weren't there for me. You get what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. I mean, grief is grief and everyone deals with it differently, obviously. But that was a little much, in my opinion. Yeah, the world is a center. Is it, does it go around you, Ben? Sorry. <laughs> be be mindful of your friend who, friends who are also like dealing with their own shit. Don't you know what I mean? They have their own lives, you know. Jobs yeah. and babies and spouses and, and dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Family. <laughs> it was a bit crazy. It, he was just a bit too much with his um what was me attitude i didn't like him of all the five characters i did not like ben i had i felt no pity for him i really <laughs> not feel bad for him at all but anyway and then um sarah like we said she's a doctor and her for those who don't know Residency is hard. <laughs> You're like pretty much working to the bone 24 hours, 20 hours yeah, you're, a day. You're, you're working all the time and have pretty much barely any time to even sleep, eat, or anything else. Yeah, you'd be lucky if you get to sleep in your own bed. <laughs> if you want to know, I mean, like, Watch the first couple of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. It's still going on. In <laughs> <laughs> or, or watch The Resident. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, I mean, The Resident doesn't really show, like, how many hours. Um, no, but they do definitely have episodes where it shows how hard it can be. There's yeah. an episode where one of the only... Uh, or the, one of the Indian male characters named Devon. He gets thrown up on in the middle of his ER shift and gets constant racism thrown at him in the middle of the same shift. So believe me, uh, what these doctors go through, I would never wish it on anybody in the world. <laughs> um, and I know that's a fictional show, but these storylines are pulled out of the headlines. So, yep. um, yeah, so pretty much, you guys, it... Uh, 
So the whole thing with her is her she, because she works so hard, she kind of feels um, separated from her friends and her kids, you know, like her, her kids are like, don't like strawberries anymore, which she didn't know what, when she was making pancakes for them with strawberries on top. Believe me, I was a picky eater as a child. I'm not surprised it changes from one day to the next. I did that too, so. <laughs> or like, what is that rope course thing that's happening over there, which we never do, what's going on? Anyway. But yeah, like her, friend, her friends. Oh my god! Like the 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 Twitter support for Sarah it was so wonderful because people were like, "She's working. She's a doctor. She has. She's saving lives. She cannot go and quit just to deal with your like Christmas traditions or whatever." But anyway, yeah. And then, yes, and then me, uh, Mia, she is actually not just uh, a person of color, but she's a queer character. We, we found out she had a girlfriend in the past, but she did not, um, she doesn't have a girlfriend now. And the school that they all went to holds an annual Christmas play, and Mia um, played an angel, I'm assuming, yeah, they, well, it was the Christmas Carol, correct? Yeah. That they were doing. Yeah, there's an angel in that play. Yeah. I did not know that there was an angel in that. I only knew about the three ghosts. Okay. <laughs> or there's a, I'm guessing it might have been something else. But yes, there. I, mean, I didn't realize there was one either, but I know that story. And there's three ghosts. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but she played the angel when she was in high school. So um, when they went back to help out with, the, um, you know, honoring their drama teacher or whatever, she, um, the current drama teacher for the school was struggling or whatever, so Mia, like, stepped up to help out with the kids and stuff. And... Matt, and then now she's gotten the job as the drama teacher for the school. So, but yeah, um, those are pretty much the five people. Uh, we talked at length about like the story, the writing process of this movie, and um, what was the inspiration of this movie with Nikki and Megan. So if you are interested in looking at and knowing more about that, it's two episodes back. So go look. <laughs> yeah. And we also talked about um, uh, how a teacher inspired us, which this movie yeah. is a lot about. So um, you can, it's actually on the Instagram. So yeah. uh, you can see the, what we talk about in that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so how many stars would you give this movie? Uh, I give it a good three and a half, mainly because Ben's storyline made me go, and the mom. <laughs> <laughs> the mom made me go, that's horrible. You don't do I that know. to your child. You don't do that to your child, period. But why at, why at Christmas? I mean, of all the things. Uh, it, um, I, would, I also give it, I give it a three. Mostly because I like the nostalgic 
feeling of it. I like the ensemble cast. I do think that it's just way too many storylines kind of thing. Um, there wasn't one central storyline that kind of connected all five individual stories together, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I feel mm -hmm. anyway. Um, this is a, but I do like the nostalgia i like the tribute to teachers kind of thing and so, so and i really don't like that <laughs> <laughs> okay so now we're talking about christmas house okay yeah if you want to talk about um if you want to see a great example of an ensemble cast christmas movie i think that christmas house 2 is probably the best example uh, out of 2021 Definitely. And in my opinion, you have you don't have to have watched the first Christmas House movie to understand it. No, so it's it's very, very, um, very rare for a sequel. So, yeah, but, but I love this one. This one is actually better than the first one, in my opinion. Did you did you see the first one? Yeah, I watched it because I, I I hadn't seen the I didn't because I know how sequels are for the most part so yeah like, I kind of need to know what I'm going into here so I did watch the first one and and then I watched the other one and so but I thought in my opinion I was like I didn't need really I mean I didn't have no need that much background information to understand this movie which I was really happy with um yeah so I'm just that, that's a compliment on the writing <laughs> oh yeah definitely I love I I think this was a better showing of the two. But anyway, for those who don't know, Christmas House, the first one, was a broke um, the record last year being the first Hallmark Christmas movie to showcase a gay character, gay main character that would be um, Brandon and his husband, <laughs> Jake, who we love. We absolutely love him. Anyway, um, and since that year, Christmas House has made, has won a lot of awards. It's been nominated for GLAAD Awards. Um, it's also been um, featured in the Smithsonian Museum. So, yeah, awesome. And because of the recognition from, um, and the awards that Hallmark got, they got their they ordered a sequel, which we were so happy for because we love them. And also, you know, booyah to the homophobes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious because like the homophobes, I swear homophobes got a homophobe. And here's the thing, like for me, like even though Brandon and Jake were there, it didn't overshadow the rest of the movie. Like it wasn't just thrown in your face. Um, well, it, 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 it's, it's not a blatant thing where sometimes where it's forced and shoehorned in so much. This wasn't the case with that. It was natural in, in, the, in the course of the movie. They were part of the family. Yeah, they were part of the family. That's the way it's supposed just like to be. It's supposed to be in any other family. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. People are just so like um, up in arms about this movie. Because, you know, it's a gay couple. And they're like, it's not family friendly. I'm sitting <laughs> there going, they're the ones that have the family um, in the movie. <laughs> the, thing, the, the thing that I don't understand is, like, the people who are all against 
of Christmas House 2 were watching What Hope Calls with a criminal on the TV show. And I'm sitting there yeah. going, that's family friendly? Please explain to me that logic. The girl, the girl spent time in jail. Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> I know the whole background story on that one. Everything. And you're going to tell me that's family friendly, but not gay people. Please explain the logic behind that. Nobody has yet to explain the logic behind that, by the way. No one <laughs> has yet to tell me how one. But no, like, in my opinion, like, it was just a enjoyably able yeah. to watch movie. And the, the LGBT storyline, it was there. It was enjoyable, but it wasn't pushed in your face. Yeah. It was it was just like any other shoot. It was part of the movie. Part of the movie. Yeah. Shoot. It was awesome. I loved it, first of all. But yeah, um, so the story the story goes that uh, Mike is still doing handsome justice. His publicist can came up signed him up for this Christmas competition called Deck the Halls. Um where I guess he goes and competes against another star to um, see who has the best decorations or whatever. So the other star dropped out because he, he broke his foot on a skiing accident or something. And his brother signed up instead to do the competition with Mike. And yeah, it became Christmas. It became Deck the Halls, handsome, a very handsome Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yes, this is actually two years after the first, this this movie was set two years after the first Christmas House movie. Uh, because now Brandon and Jake have adopted a baby girl. They only, they only adopted a boy the first um, movie. The baby girl's name is Billy. Um, but with who I assume is named after Brandon's dad, Bill. Um, Bill is played by Treat Williams, and Phyllis, his wife, is played by Sharon Lawrence. They are part of a Christmas play called I'll Slay You or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was a line in there that said it was partial promotion for Sears or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, Sears is like, you probably like, they name dropped it, obviously, but like, they really have gone under. <laughs> um, they haven't I know. done very well. Poor Sears. <laughs> but they, it used to be like a big thing, the Sears catalog for Christmas yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, talk about product placement. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, they've been doing a lot of product placements lately. Anyway, um, but yeah, and then, so they go to this competition and they decorate, um, Brandon, no, Mike decorates the Christmas house, which is the house that him and his, his parents used to live in or whatever, but he bought from them last, in the first Christmas movie. And Brandon is decorating the house next door, which is um, Mike's, mother-in-laws <laughs> yeah or um, yeah yeah it's yeah it's yeah. part of the family it's in the family so, yeah anyway but yeah they're, they're right next door to each other so they're competing anyway there's a couple of storylines here and there um 
Mike is Mike's planning on proposing on it to his girlfriend. You know, that was his like high school crush and he fell in love with it. Then they started dating in the first Christmas house movie. But Noah, Noah's dad, her ex is back. Zane, his name is Zane, played by Matthew Dowden. And, you know, like, I guess um, there, there, there are some issues with that. <laughs> Zane coming and kind of inviting himself to like family gatherings or whatever without even consulting, um, you know, his ex or whatever. It's just like so rude. It's not only rude, it's it's awkward. Like, I guess, I mean, I, I, I grew up in a divorced family, so I, I understand. But my parents, I always had two Christmases, one with mom, one with dad. It's yeah. always the way it was. And uh, to have it, no, like they're all these, they're trying to have these long blended family storylines where they co-parent in the same. That doesn't happen, okay? Maybe in some families, but not in mine. My parents were never, they've, I haven't had a, my parents in the same room on a, on a holiday. In, for, oh, let's see here. They divorced when I was four. Uh, I'm 32, almost 30 years. No. Um, so no, well, I mean, it doesn't happen thing. that way. It, it you want to make it look all nice and no, it doesn't happen. It's not just that though. It's like you, the uh, my issue wasn't just that they're like sh trying to show this idyllic heart never happened before, uh, blending a family situation, it's more like. He wasn't, the dad wasn't really there in Noah's life for many, many years because he was traveling mm -hmm. for work or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he just comes in and it's like, and expects putting himself in the yeah. child's life without any consultation. It's like, dude, like, learn your, I get you're his dad, but learn your, you know, space, I guess, because I mean, yeah. you weren't there for him for three years. You can't just barge in like, hey, like, dude, there's, there's now a family you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, and then um, Brandon is kind of like dealing with um, pressures, I guess, of like being the perfect brother, being the perfect husband, being the perfect um, dad. Son, dad. Yeah, son, dad, etc. And a lot of it, um, Jonathan put out a statement that it's so, you know, it's part of being gay is that, you know, you, you kind of have to put out this perfect persona, Kathy, um, you know, because I guess if you do one thing wrong, you're going to be judged for it. And I feel like it's not just for being part it's not just because it's not just a, a gay thing if that makes sense uh -huh. because i think any marginalized community um feels that you know what i mean like here's the thing for example barack obama if he screwed up being president like did a major screw up or whatever, 
people will look at it like Barack Obama d- screwed up as you get what I'm saying. Oh, I get what individual. It would be they would look at it as this is why a black person should never be president of the United States. You get what I'm saying? He's no, not representing. He's not representing Barack Obama. He's representing black people. If that makes sense. No, I know what you mean. So like. That pressure, I guess, of like being perfect, of doing good, etc. It like um, you know, because you're not when you're part of a marginalized group, you're not representing yourself, you're representing whatever group you're part of. For example, like with Brandon, if like let's say he screwed up as a parent or something, right? People would say, well, that's why you're not gay people shouldn't be a parent, should adopt. Whereas, like, you get what I'm saying? No, I don't mean. Yeah, it's like, that, that's just, so I understood it from that point of view, where it was like, you're not, look, you're not really judged as an individual, but you're judged as a group if you were to do something wrong, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah. So he, my favorite part of the movie was, <laughs> oh, Bill and Phyllis. Bill and Phyllis's play where the boys started fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and they got kicked out. Yeah. But that, that was the sweetest part, though, was the conversation in the lobby when, um, you know, they were, they, when Brandon was like, I looked up to you, you know, you were like the perfect son. I wanted to be like you, etc. And um, Mike was like, well, you're mine. You know, you're the person I wanted to be like, which was so sweet. You're my Mike. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've, we've, with Mike, he's like a magician, and then he got famous for you know being on acting, TV, acting, and everything. And and then you know the brother is jealous because he got to buy the childhood home because he could afford it. And yeah. yeah, so there was all this other stuff, you know. And then he finally gets his you know high school sweetheart to marry him and everything. Yeah. So, so the end of the movie, yes. So um, Mike. Mike is was planning to propose to his girlfriend. So finally, after at the um, competition, after Brandon was announced as winner, um, <laughs> he he proposed, and yeah, that was so sweet. With the help of Noah, I like the I like the fact that um, Noah helped him, you know, mm-hmm. and also the magician. Yeah. And stuff. I like the fact that it was that he helped him. But it's so hilarious because people were saying, oh my God, he's this rich dude. Why is he giving her this small little tiny bitty ring? And I'm sitting there going like Sometimes it's the thought that counts. Yes. And do you understand how many people, rich people who have the biggest diamond rings get through go through divorce? Yeah, I, I, have you seen the celebrity split ups this year? <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is the first name that pops up in my mind. I mean, hello, did she have like a pink diamond ring? Yeah, I mean, 
from Ben from um Ben Affleck or not Ben not Ben Affleck. It was um A Rod. No, the pink diamond ring was Ben Affleck. She's with Ben Affleck now. Yeah, but before when she was yeah 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 the first time two thousand two yes he gave her a pink diamond ring yeah. He gave her like a million dollar diamond ring or whatever. So it was all pink. And I was so jealous of it and everything. And they broke up. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's not really the size of the diamond that counts. Come on. No, no it's, it's not the diamond that gets you to marry them. You already are supposed to love them by the time they give you the diamond, okay? Exactly. <laughs> you don't marry them for the jewelry or the money. You marry them for love. Yeah, I mean, just because he's rich doesn't mean that he got given no. the. Because if that if that's the case, then all the rich people should. But the diamond was supposed to be. It was supposed to look like the necklace he gave yeah. her, and he had the necklace was in the box for what twenty something years. So yeah, yeah there, there was a reason behind why it was what it was. Yes, it was a, like it was supposed to look like the. Um, necklace that he wanted to give her back in high school that he didn't give her kind of thing until like the end of Christmas house one (laughs) yeah so there was a a meaning behind it sometimes that means more than any uh big old expensive diamond ring so yeah so anyway how many stars would you give this one I loved this movie. I give it a solid four and a half. I love this movie too. I love this movie. I it made me laugh so hard. The, just the brothers' antics, and I would have loved to have seen a scene where the iron reindeer fell through the roof. That would have been. Ah! <laughs> It reminded me of Christmas Vacation. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, that would have been hilarious for them to have actually done. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was definitely a missed opportunity. But I would actually give this like a five. I think that this movie was just like the perfect combination of comedy, uh, you know, with heart. And I love the like. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie was were the interview clips. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah, so they were like breaking the fourth law. Yeah. Yes. And I loved it. Uh, it was hilarious. And, you could, and, and I feel like each character had their moment to shine. There was like no, like, you know, like I said when we were talking about Christmas for keeps each story there was a central there was a story there was no storyline that kind of connected all five this one had a main storyline that connected everyone kind of thing even though everyone had their own individual stories and it was one concentrated and stuff and like I love this movie this is awesome um I want a third movie. <laughs> Shoot. I want I want to see the wedding. It would be Christmas House to three the wedding. <laughs> and then maybe um yeah, it'd be it would be cute. But um yeah, the um pub- publicist or whatever is so that 
the rolling credits, they, they showed that the publicist is now with Zane. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Dale was part of Hands of Justice. That was hilarious. <laughs> Stuff. But yeah, it, I, I want to see the movie. I want to see a third movie. I'm down for third movie. <laughs> anyway, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, we have one more podcast to uh, release for 2021. And then we are done for 2022 to 2022. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for staying. Bye, y'all. Bye. Okay.